You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Hello. Uh, we get to this uh, sixth sign that Jesus uh, does in the book of John, and this has to do with healing of a blind man. So as Jesus is passing by, he saw a blind man from birth, and I'm reading in John 9, uh, starting with verse 1. And so his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Shiloam, which means sin. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors of, and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is him. Others said, no, it's not him. And he kept saying, I am that man. And so they said to him, how were your eyes open? And he answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. You know, this is a really interesting story because uh, if one reads it real rapidly, one loses all that is going on in the background. You miss it. You know, this, the, that story of the man, uh, of this man who, uh, you know, before him coming and meeting the creator, before meeting the man who made men, you know, and, and, and if you would take it, there's enough good stuff here to write a good movie about. And so, you know, at birth, babies primar primarily focus their eyes, objects that are 8 to, to 10 inches from their face, you know, or the distance to the parent's face that's holding him. You know, by eight weeks, babies begin to be more uh, uh, adept with their eyes, and they can focus on the eyes and the faces of parents or other persons that are near them. And so babies should begin to follow moving objects with their eyes and reach, reach for things at around three months of age. It's generally believed that babies have a good color vision by the time they are five or six months old, you know, even though the sound of the mother, they can recognize 
even from when they were in the womb. So sound and vision are two different things for the baby. You know, dads uh, seems are not in the picture until the baby is about eight years old. Uh, you know, some people uh, jokingly say, and sometimes, you know, it takes them like 40 years until they're 40 years old. But that's another story for another time. So the first few years in the life of the baby, the baby identifies each word with a picture, with an image. You know, he has a mental image associated with each word that he knows. And so we ask ourselves, what does this have to do with, uh, with uh, the sign that Jesus does? Well, this person that Jesus heals has been born blind. You know, from the, and it's something we, we learn from the passage. Uh, and, and Jesus can heal you quickly, and he can heal you just like he healed this man. But this man did not have an accident, did not, you know, a battery explode uh, trying to jump her uh, the, the, with cables for, or in his car. He did not have an accident. He did not lose his sight. He was born without a sight. And so, you know, we can say uh, he had all our vocabulary of a grown person, but he did not have the picture or image associated with each word that he knew. His photo album was empty, per se. And so this was something, this miracle was something much bigger than just restoring the sight of this blind man. Jesus is restoring not only the sight, but he is rewiring his brain to his eyes, something that was not there before. And what's amazing is he's able to rewire his, his brain to his eyes and give him word pictures all within the same instant, seconds, in a matter of seconds, you know. And, and we continue as throughout our whole lives getting these word pictures and, and associate words with pictures. And, and some have called that windows of opportunity. And I ask myself, spiritually speaking, maybe we lose those windows of opportunity. You know, one can easily err thinking into I know the Lord, I've been baptized, and now I'll just sit back and relax and wait for the Lord to come and take me home or whenever I die and go meet him. You know, uh, or you can say, I want to add a window of opportunity, spiritually speaking, to my life. You know, maybe uh, one, you, you have seen all kinds of specialists and treatments. Two, maybe your, your last marriage ended in divorce and, and you no longer feel you can love someone or, or much less trust them. Or three, maybe a, a social stigma has separated you from family and friends. 
And these are not theories that I'm talking about. These are real issues. These are people Jesus healed. The women suffering with a hemorrhage and uh, issue. The woman at the well. Uh, the leper. You know. And so even though I don't know what you're going through at this time, I firmly believe that God can rewire whatever you are going through and make it better because he is the God of second opportunities. And you never say no to God because God is always willing to give you that second chance. You know, and so like someone who who has never seen in his life and then he suddenly recovers his sight, he can see there may be very, very many uh, miracles that God has done in your life, but you just don't see them. There's a, a lot of stuff that God has done in your life, you know, and, and he wants that you're, uh, you know, to for you to believe, but your unbelief, your unbelief won't let you see what is happening and what he's doing. And you think, no, God could possibly not do that. Not in my life, not for me, not for anybody. You know, there are stories of people who don't want anything to do with God, which you might call atheist. Someone I knew, his wife, a believer, got cancer. He was an atheist. And he had no image of what a miracle was. His brain was not wired. He had no word picture for what a miracle was. And the only picture that he could identify with cancer, and the word cancer was his wife withering away and dying, just shrinking into nothing and, and, and getting ready for death. And so the church prayed for her. Her church prayed for her. And people prayed for her. And, and, and God healed her and, and, and took the cancer away. And she recovered. And now he had a new definition for God. You know, God, and he sees his wife who was dying and withering away, now recovering and, and back to her normal self. And it was until God rewired his brain to see what he could do was it that he was able to become and believe a believer and and and. Uh, except Christ. And so we have the disciples saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Now this is a question that has been debated throughout the ages, you know, uh, ever since it was uh, recorded for us by uh, theologians, by people who, 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 who study the Bible, you know. And, and, and here's what I want to tell you. This is what I've learned from, from exploring God's word, from knowing God, from, from knowing what, what he does. You know, this is what I've learned in my window of spiritual opportunity. True, God detests sin. He hates it. 
but he is not going to strike you dead or with illness or with death or some such thing if you stray from him, if you go uh, uh, and, and, and go off on, on your own and leave him back. You know, there's scripture that, that backs this up. And, and I also am a parent. I'm a father. And I have the experience of a father, like many of you are dads and moms. And you don't wish anything bad to happen upon your children. Tomorrow, if, if things don't work out with them the way you want them to. Maybe they, they don't want to work or they are hanging out with the wrong crowd or, or is not making the grades at school, not passing. You don't wish them and say, well, I hope God gives you cancer so that you uh, will learn how to pass your test at school. No, never. That'll never happen. You know, uh, and Jesus says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father who is in heaven going to give you good things when you ask him for him? You know, I grew up thinking that if I step to one side of the road, of the way, of, of, of being a Christian, God was the punisher. He was like some great cosmic policeman who, as soon as I stepped out of bounds, was right there to give me a ticket, judge, executioner, and all. But that is not God, at least not the God I've experienced in my life. God is a merciful God. God is a God who knows what you need even before you ask like a mom or a dad who asks their child, are you hungry, baby? We know when our kid is hungry, you know. We know what he needs, and that's God. And he's willing to provide for him. And so the question remains, who sinned, him or his parents? It's not a new question, like I said, but God answers that question exactly as Jesus answered it to his disciples. God and Jesus are the same person, and it's the same answer. When something bad happens to us, we think it has to be because somehow we've, we, we've not followed God. But that's not always the case. It's not always the case, like, like in the story of Job, that God gives permission to Job or, or, or the devil to, to just go and, and gives him permission to afflict Job. You know, the other thing that this implies is that those who do not suffer any illness or sickness have no sin in their lives. If I'm healthy, then... I'm a perfect man. I'm not a sinner. And we all know that's true. That's not true. For all have seen and all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so, uh, you know, th there's not one person 
who can say, human person that can say, you know, I'm perfect. Doesn't exist. Jesus was the only one. So what happens when stuff doesn't go the way we want it to? You know, we get to play the blame game, right? And this has been going on since, uh, you know, the creation of humanity. When God comes to the Garden of Eden and asks uh, Adam, Adam, what have you done? Uh, that woman you gave me, uh, Eve, why did you eat? Uh, the snake, the serpent, he, he, he did it, you know, it's his fault. The, you know, in this blame game, nobody wins. The bitter taste of pity always remains. And so a lot of times, the circumstances, circumstances that we are asking God to take away from us are many times the circumstances that God is using to change and to mold and to transform us. You know, Moses comes to mind leading the people out of Egypt, parting the Red Sea, striking the rock, and, and water, drawing rock, uh, water from the rock. And yet, he had this speech impediment that God did not heal him from. And for some reason, God uses those impediments or circumstances to keep us kind of like on a short leash. You know, because God knows that, that if he gives us a long leash, we're going to go run out there and get tangled up in whatever it is that's out there. And he needs to have us on a short leash. You know, like he had Paul. Remember Paul? He told Paul, my grace is sufficient for my power is perfected. In your weakness. And so God is using the circumstances that we're going through to bring uh, and to shape and bring good into our lives. To bring us into closer contact with him. Who knows if Paul would have been different. If God had taken that thorn that in the flesh that, that Paul had and removed it, you know. But Paul says, this thorn has been given to me to keep me humble so that I do not act like someone who I am not supposed to be. Like I don't think too much of myself. And so what we, what, what we can, can uh, let me tell you, God answers prayers not on our timeline. And sometimes God answers prayers long after we're going to be gone. You know, sometimes God will do that. God will answer our prayer. Once we're long gone and we're with him. I had a, a young man. <laughs> we grew up together. Never accepted Christ. He comes to church here at CHCC in the mornings for the Spanish group. Never accepted Christ. I've known him for all my life as long as I can remember. Know his family as long as I can remember. And the one prayer that his mom actually in the ministry, I had an Eagle Pass before coming up here to San Antonio. I pastored at the church where his mom attended. And her prayer was, 
for her son, for her kids to come and, and, and turn their lives over to Christ. And she's been now gone with the Lord for years. And now her son has accepted Christ. And so this Sunday, we're going to be baptizing him into a new life in Jesus Christ. Now, our prayers leave our hearts and pass and leave our houses and leave our churches and pass through the earth's atmosphere and travel the universe and they reach the throne of God, but not always will God answer during our lifetime. You imagine the questions these parents had of this, what did I do wrong that I that we have this child of ours be born blind. What a painful whip lash, you know, to receive that their child was born blind. Why? Why? And you can substitute just about any word for this word blind. But God says, whatever is happening to you, it is so that I will be glorified. God is going to be glorified. And I don't know how, but he will be glorified. Now, one of the things that I, I really appreciate about Jesus, I've been, I've been criticized for People saying, you know, you disrespect God. God would never stop to, and not God would never act like that. But look at what Jesus does. He spits on the ground, makes mud, and puts it on this guy's eyes, over this guy's eyes. You know, I don't know how much mud is needed to cover my eyes. Maybe some of these ladies who, you know, go... Uh, uh, to these places, to the spa or whatever, might, might be able to tell me. But it must have been a pretty good spit to make enough blood, a uh, uh, mud to, to, to cover both eyes. You know, and so the question, you know, why is Jesus not heal him right then and there? Why spit on the ground? Why make all that mud? And if you don't believe it, it's, it's a hard thing. Try, try making enough mud. You know, go outside and spit on the ground and, and see how much mud you can make. You know. But why does God not heal him right then and there? He could have. Well, God, you know, asks us to do one of two things. Or we can act in one of two ways when God asks us to do things. We can whine and cry how we can't do it. Or we can act with blind faith or blind obedience. And with his eyes covered in mud, maybe being ridiculed, this man stumbles across the city to that pool to get washed. You know, he doesn't have anything to lose after all. He is blind. And if this works, boy, this will be great. So off he goes. You know, 
maybe what you want in life is not here yet. That job you want, your kids are like running wild. Your illness is worsening, you know. <clears throat> but you are all walking behind, you know, in, in, in blind faith and obedience following Jesus Christ. Because you know that one day, at some point, God will bring healing. And whether that pool is here on earth or up in heaven, be sure that God will be glorified. Blind faith, blind obedience. And the question is, are you willing to try it? Pain is not forever. Mourning is not forever. Separation is not forever. Everything passes. Everything leaves. You know, this too shall pass if you have blind faith and blind obedience. God bless you.